Welcome to another exciting podcast from Living Faith Church. It's our hope and prayer that today's message will bring you closer and deeper to the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, here is our lead pastor, Pastor Dean Hackett. This is the definition we're going to use for living the blessed life. We have uh, we have taken it from. Uh, uh, Pastor Robert Morris's book, The Blessed Life. So I'm giving him credit. These are his words, but I really like them. Would you read them with me? Being blessed means having supernatural power working for you. By contrast, being cursed means having supernatural power working against you. Okay, so one more time. Blessed means having supernatural power working for you, right? for you, right, on your behalf, right, where cursed means having supernatural power working against you. How many know it's better to have supernatural power working for you? Amen? Yeah, yeah. Living the blessed life. Now, it's really important uh, that we connect the dots between the series we just completed all things new, and the blessed life, especially what we studied last week about walking in that new anointing, walking under anointing, having the anointing operating in your life, and connecting the dots with that and the blessed life. Because as you're going to see in a little bit, there really is an inseparable connection between those two things. Now, to make to connect the dots, let's look together at just three real quick verses. The first one we, we studied in detail last week from John 14, 12, the words of Jesus when he was speaking to his disciples on the night he was betrayed. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do, and greater works than these shall he do, Amen. because I go to my Father. Amen. Now, I want you to notice he didn't say, and the apostles will do the works that I do, and greater works than these shall he do. He didn't say, he didn't say the evangelist will do the works that I do, and greater works than these shall he do. He didn't even say, the pastors will do the works that I do, and greater works than these. What did he say? He that believes on me. How many here believe on Jesus? Okay, he's talking to you. You, you can and should be doing the works that Jesus did and even greater works than these. But he didn't stop there. Just before he was about to be taken up into heaven, he met with his disciples and he commanded them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creatures. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. Now, look, he went on to say, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them, they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Now, I want you to notice again, he didn't say, These signs shall follow the apostles. Because there are those that you will hear that will teach that signs and wonders and miracles and healings and, uh, and speaking with other tongues and all of that, that all went out with the apostles. But that's not what Jesus said. 
He didn't say this is for the really special anointed evangelists that go around. No, no. Again, what did he say? Say it again. These, say it with me, these signs shall follow them that... Oh. Turn your neighbor and say, uh-oh, that's you and me. <laughs> so dare I ask you, are these signs following you? Some would go, well, yeah, they are, about 10 miles back, but they're following me. <laughs> okay. God wants these following you on a regular, consistent basis. These signs shall, and what are those signs again? Jesus said, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. Uh-oh. Them that believe, they shall speak with new tongues. Hmm, okay. Yay. Amen? Amen. Cast out devils, speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. That means that you've got authority. Remember what Jesus said? I give you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Woo! Some of you, you need to tattoo that. No, never mind. Don't get a tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Someone's going to go, all right, pastor says it's okay to get a tattoo. <laughs> but you want to, I'm serious when I say, you want to write that scripture somewhere and put it where you see it every day. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. The enemy will try, the enemy will attack, but you have authority. Look at what he went on to say in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. And literally, one, I like how one translation says it, that all may profit. See, the anointing in your life is so that you can be a blessing to others. The anointing in your life is not to give you goosebumps and to make you feel really good. It is so that you can touch others and make them feel really good. So that you can pray for people and they get healed. So you can pray for people and bondages are broken. So you can pray for people and demonic strongholds are crushed. So you can pray for people and they get a miracle. So you can pray for people and they are delivered from the powers of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son. Come on! It's for others. So you can be a blessing to others. That's what it's all about. Mmm. Wow. Be a blessing. You see, God, God designed not only for you to be a blessing, but for you to live blessed. Because the more you live blessed, the more you can be a blessing. Look at what God said to Moses and the children of Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 28. This is an amazing passage of Scripture. It, it starts off when it said, it said, Blessed will you be in the city. Blessed will you be in the country. Blessed will be the fruit of your body. Blessed will be the produce of your ground. Blessed will be the increase of your herds. Blessed will be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed will you be when you come in and when you go out. When the enemy who rises against you one way will be defeated. When the enemy comes against you one way, he'll flee before you seven ways. Yeah. Yeah. 
He's not done. You'll be blessed in your storehouse and in all which you set your hand. And you'll be blessed in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. You'll be blessed in all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations. You shall not borrow. You make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not beneath. Yes, amen. Woo! That's the blessed life. Amen? Yeah. But God didn't just speak that to Moses and the children of Israel. Look what King David wrote. Yes, that King David, the king that killed Goliath with a slingshot. Listen to what he wrote in Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinner, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in it doth he meditate day and night. Listen, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. Read it with me. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. <laughs> Go back to just one slide for me, would you? we got to read this again. Read it again with me, everyone, out loud. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of the sinner, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law shall he meditate day and night. God wants you blessed. It doesn't stop there. Look at Malachi chapter 3. Look at Malachi chapter 3. And this is God speaking now. This is God speaking. And he says, read it with me. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessings that you where God have room to receive it. Read it again. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. Stop. The Lord of hosts. That is the highest name for God. That means he is over everything. And he is saying, try me in this. Now, what's he want you to try? Read it with me. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Amen. How many want blessed like that? Anybody want to be blessed like that in your life? Huh? Yeah? Better to have the supernatural working for you than against you, right? How many want this kind of blessing? I'm being so blessed, I don't have room to contain it. I'm so blessed, I'm just giving it away because I don't have room to contain it anyway. I'm just giving it away. So blessed that people that stand around me get blessed. It just splashes over on them. <laughs> have you ever been around people like that? Yes. Ever, have you ever gone to someone's home to encourage them? I'm going to go encourage them. I think they're maybe a little discouraged. And you go to encourage them, and you come away encouraged. Because they're so blessed, it just splashes over on you. You go out to coffee with someone and you're sitting there talking and the longer you're chatting with them and sipping your coffee, it's just like it's splashing off of them onto you and you're just getting blessed. And you just walk away so blessed. And you just go, it is so awesome to be around them. Don't you want to just hang around those kind of people? Isn't that so much better than being around the people that when you get with them, they're always going, shh. And you walk away drained. 
God wants you blessed. But here's what I hear. I hear people go, well, yes, but Brother Dean, that's Old Testament, Deuteronomy, Psalms, Malachi, that's Old Testament. That's for the Jews and for the Israelites. That's not for the Gentiles. I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that. Look at Galatians chapter 3. Look at Galatians chapter 3. You got to read this out loud with me, okay? Really loud. We want to scare the devil. Here we go. Ready? Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Whoa! <laughs> Did you see that? Jesus Christ redeemed us from the curse so that the blessings of Abraham, Deuteronomy, Psalms, Malachi, that the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. That's you and me. Come on. Woo! That is so cool. But did you, did you see the connection? That you might receive the promise of the Holy Spirit through faith. Oh, there it is. The anointing and the blessed life. There's the connection. Did you see it? There's the connection. You see, God wants you living the blessed life so you can be a blessing. He wants you living the blessed life and walking under the anointing so that you can bless others. They connect together. Isn't that beautiful? Woohoo! This is what God has for you. Mmm. Mm. But see, this was God's plan from the very beginning. When God created Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, it says, And God blessed them and said, Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, take dominion. See, God blessed them. He didn't want them living under the curse. He... he created mankind to live blessed. The curse didn't get involved in the human race until Adam and Eve did the stupid thing. If they had never disobeyed God in the garden, we wouldn't have the curse. The curse came because mankind sinned. But... God didn't leave us there. God redeemed us through the Lord Jesus Christ so we can step out from under the curse and start living blessed. If you're not living blessed right now, I am sorry for you. But I want to bring you this hope and this assurance. Faith rise in your heart right now. Jesus Christ has redeemed you from the curse. Get out from under the curse and start living blessed because that's God's original design for your life. When he created you in the womb, he meant for you to live blessed. Now, I want to pause right here. Holy Spirit, just drop this in my heart. So this, this was not in my notes. This is extra from the Lord. There are some here, and you'd go, not me. You don't know my birth circumstance. You don't know how I grew up. You don't know what I lived, what my life was like. You don't know. You're right. I don't know what your life, I know what mine was like. And my life was anything but blessed. 
You've heard me say it before. I grew up believing I was a throwaway human being. I was living under the curse. My life was under the curse. I was living under the curse of, of, of an abused life. And some of you have lived worse than that. But I want to tell you, that's the curse. That is Satan trying to destroy you. When God formed you in the womb, that was not his plan and destiny for you. His plan and destiny for you is that one day, today, February 6, 2022, today, that you are going to meet Jesus Christ. He was going to redeem you, and he was going to take the curse off of your life, and he was going to begin opening the windows of heaven so that you could live blessed, and those blessings would be so great you can't even contain them. That is God's design for your life. Someone online, you just needed to hear that. God wants you to live blessed. He has redeemed you from the curse. Walk in the redemption, not the curse. Amen. Amen. Woo! Aren't you glad for that? But how many noticed, did, did you notice that every one of these promises of the blessed life are conditional promises? Did you notice that? They're all, look, look what I was talking about. Go back uh, to... Uh, uh, then go to the next slide because it goes back to, to Deuteronomy 28. And look, look, look what it says. If you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to obey all his commandments, all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. See the condition there? Now, you, this, look at what's cool though. We don't see it in the English. It's in the Hebrew grammar right here. When it says, these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you, literally it is saying, these blessings will run after you, tackle you, and come upon you. When, <laughs> this is so cool. When you will obey the voice of the Lord, when you will obey his word, when you will obey the voice of the Lord, when you will obey his word, you won't have to worry about the blessings coming. They're going to run after you. They're going to tackle you and come upon you. You're going to be blessed, child. Amen. Come on. Amen. Is that the best you could do for that wonderful promise? Come on. <laughs> Is that like awesome? You don't have to say, oh, God, bless me. Oh, God, I wish you'd bless me. Oh, God. God's going, what do you mean? I'm chasing you down right now. <laughs> That's cool. And then, come on, let's go to the next one. Look at Psalms. Look at Psalms. Next. <laughs> he said, blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. You're going to have to change your counselor. Oprah Winfrey and the Talking Heads and Dr. Phil, those aren't the ones to listen to. You need, to, you need to change your counselor. Well, who am I going to go to? Jesus Christ is called the wonderful counselor. Jesus Christ is called the wonderful counselor. Jesus Christ is called the wonderful counselor. Hmm, good. Walks down the counsel of the ungodly. Doesn't stand in the way of the sinner. That doesn't mean, that doesn't mean you stop hanging around sinners, because Jesus said, if you stop hanging around sinners, I've got to take you out of this world. How many, I mean, see, if that was what he wanted, he'd save you, and immediately you'd go to heaven. 
He doesn't do that. He saves you and it leaves you here so that you can be salt and light. You just don't, you just don't stand in the way of them. In other words, you don't do what they do. You don't participate in what they participate in. When they're telling filthy jokes, you don't, you don't add to it. When they're dropping F-bombs, you don't add to it. Come on, amen? amen? Don't stand in the way of the sinner, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. Sitting in the seat of the scornful means that you, that you regularly hang around people who scorn the things of God, who mock the things of God. You, you don't do that. You don't do that. Now, there may be times that you have to be around them, but when you're around them and they start into that, you with love and grace and mercy go, can I just, can I just share with you something that happened in my life? You see, because you're never at the mercy when you have a testimony. Amen. One guy was trying to tell me how God was not real, and I said, really? Yeah. I said, hmm. Can I share something? Yeah. And I told him how when I had been given up to be an invalid the rest of my life, that by the time I was 30 years old, I would never walk again. I had seen 11 specialists in four years. Their diagnosis was all the same. But Almighty God, October of 1970, had another story. I have medical documentation of the miracle he gave me that God healed me from a disease that to this day has no cure. And I started telling him that story. He, he didn't have any more scorning of God to say. <laughs> I, mean, I, I think he really, really wanted to say, oh, come on, you're making that story up. But he couldn't. Come on, amen? amen. See, we got a testimony. How many here could say, Jesus transformed my life? Come on. See, you got a testimony. Come on, amen? Look here. And his delight, oh, we're back there again, Pastor Aaron. His delight, say it with me, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in it doth he meditate day and night. Oh, amen. Delight in the law of the Lord. Do you love the Word of God? Do you love the Word of God? Now, listen, I know some of you, you went, okay, 2022, I am going to read the book cover to cover. And you got to the fourth chapter of Genesis. And you're going, are you kidding me? <laughs> or maybe you got all the way past that. You suffered through that one. Then you got to numbers. Oh. Oh, God. <laughs> you're laughing because you all have been there, haven't you? Come on. <laughs> Forget that. You picked up the novel again instead. Let me encourage you. Okay. Is it good to read the Bible cover to cover? Yes. And you should do that at least one time in your life. I'd recommend you do it more than one time in your life. But that's not the first thing you do. Let me encourage you. Go to the Gospel of St. John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. That John. Because I know later there's one, two, and three John. And you go, what John? It's the Gospel of John. That's the fourth book of the New Testament. Go there. Read John. When you get done with John, right there's the book of Acts. Read the book of Acts. 
Okay, read those two. Start there. When you get done there, then go and read the book of Romans. Okay, and just and just start. Then after you've, after you've walked with Jesus for a few months or a few years, then go back and go, okay, all right, I'm going to get you now. <laughs> then go back and start reading cover to cover. Come on, amen? amen. I want to help you. I want to help you. Delight in the Word. Love the Word of God. Love the Word of God. Mm, here's Malachi. Bring all the tithe. Uh-oh. <laughs> Bring all the tithe into the storehouse of God that there may be food in my house. There's an interesting thing in Scripture. Jesus, Jesus taught in 500 Scriptures about faith. He taught in 500 Scriptures about other major principles. Listen. 2,000 times he talked about money. Well, why is that? Because your heart is tied directly to your pocketbook. We're going to talk more about that, but that's not everything about it. What I'm wanting you to see, can you see here that it's about the heart? Living the blessed life is about the heart. It's about the heart. There's a really interesting passage of Scripture in the Gospel of Luke. Now, it's actually found in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And the interesting thing about it is in all, in all three of the synoptic Gospels, it's on the same occasion, and it's almost word for word the same in, in all three Gospels. But let's look at Luke chapter 6, because read this. I'm going to start here. I'm not, I'm, gonna not, I'm not going to read the first verse. We're going to start here at give. You see the word give? Yeah. Read out loud with me starting there. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. How many have heard that at least one time talking about money? Yeah. Come on. You've heard me talk about it with money, right? Okay. But look at the context. Look at the context. Now, start at the very top, left. Say with me, judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Whoa, look at that. Wait, 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 wait. The context isn't about money. The context is about your heart. Context is about your heart. What's going on in your heart? And what it's saying is, if you have a heart of love, mercy, and grace, and you give that abundantly, you're going to get love, mercy, and grace back in abundance. But if you've got a heart that is filled with criticalness and judgmental, if you've got a heart that's filled with unforgiveness, with resentment, with bitterness, and that's what comes out, you're going to get that back in good measure. Have you ever met somebody who it was like they were just clothed in porcupine quills? <laughs> and when you tried to hug them, it was like, ouch. Yeah, yeah, amen. And then they wondered how come nobody wanted to hang around them. And you really, really, you loved them and you really wanted to tell them, you need to change your suit of clothes. 
Because the ones you're wearing have porcupine quills. And nobody wants to hug you. You know, and, and you, you know, you really, but, but because their heart was filled with that, that's what was coming back on them all the time. That's what this scripture is all about. Now, it's not wrong to use it to talk about if you're generous with money, it's going to be generous back. That's not wrong. But the real context is this. It's about the heart. Because God wants us to understand living the blessed life, living a life where the supernatural power is working for you, not against you, that life flows out of a heart that that's what the heart is full of. That's why in Proverbs 4.23 it says, Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. you got to guard your heart. So let me ask you a question. What's your heart full of? Is it full of generosity? Do you, do you generously give out love just wherever you go? You just give love even to those that aren't very loving and lovable? Do you, do, you, do you give love to those? Maybe you don't approve of their behavior. You don't approve of their conduct. You don't approve of their lifestyle. But, but you look at them and you know that they're made in the image of Almighty God. And so you give love to them? Do you, do, do you, do you have a generous heart of joy? Do you, do you bring joy wherever you go? Do you bring joy when you go to the checkout counter at Walmart and there's 10 people ahead of you? Or like when I went to Safeway the other day, I went to the fast checkout, and there was 12 people in line. I thought, well, this isn't going to be very fast. But the other checkout lines were even longer. And I said, then I wondered, I wonder how come this is this way anymore. It didn't used to be this way. And then I thought, well, be joyful. Might as well be joyful. You're not going to make it any better by being grumpy and loud. You know what I'm saying? Come on. Joy? Do you, do, you, do you generously give joy? Do you generously give forgiveness? Oh. Do you generously give forgiveness? Does, does, does that come out of you in generosity, forgiveness? Have you figured out, like I figured out, life isn't fair, baby? It's just, it's just not fair. Life just is not fair. So bad stuff's going to happen. But can I, can I give a little sidebar I felt like Father dropped in my heart this morning when I was praying for you and this message? Folks, listen. The answer to racial reconciliation is not CRT. The answer to reconciliation it's not going to happen through legislation and laws. The answer is right here what we're talking about. It is a heart that is generous with love, mercy, and grace. A heart, listen, wait a minute, a heart that is so filled with that generously that their eyes see every human being with worth 
and value with richness sees every one of them made by Almighty God in the image of Almighty God and the, the skin pigment doesn't determine the worth and value of a person but your love in your heart determines their worth and value so that you give that. And when we give generously in love, mercy, and grace, whether they are black, whether they are Asian, whether they are Hispanic, no matter who they are, when we give that generously, because we see them with the true worth and value of Almighty God, folks, when we spread that kind of generosity throughout a community, racial reconciliation will be healed in a community. That's what will heal it. That's what will heal it. We need that in our life. And it's got to start in every one of our hearts. You've got, to, you've got to pause right now and look in your heart and ask your heart, what's in my heart? Is your heart generous with your stuff? Is your heart generous with your stuff? Do you, are you generous with God giving him the first 10%? You see, that belongs to God. When you, when you spend 100% of your income, you're spending God's money. Because the first 10% belongs to Him. That's His. It's not yours. He means for you to live on the 90. The 10 belongs to Him. He said that. Ten, it's mine. 10% is mine. The first fruits belongs to me. And so we bring Him the first fruits. We bring Him the 10%. Are you generous that way? Is your heart generous? Are you generous with your stuff? Or are you still like you were when you were a kid and you were sharing the room with your brother and he kept taking your stuff? Yeah, that's mine! <laughs> are you still like it was when you and your sister were sharing and she kept, she kept wearing your clothes? Are you, still, are you still stingy? Are you still selfish? What's in your heart? See, living the blessed life starts there. We have to be willing to let Holy Spirit come and begin adjusting our heart so that our heart, we let Almighty God wash out the stinginess, wash out the selfishness, wash out that stuff, get that out. We let the Holy Spirit and the Word of God begin washing out the regret, washing out the shame, washing out the condemnation, washing out all of that stuff because that keeps you locked in to the old curse. We're going to let Holy Spirit and the Word of God wash our heart so that we can love everyone with the love of Almighty God. And I'm going to let the love of God change my eyes so that I see people the way God sees them. I'm going to let the love of God change my mind so that I think about people the way God thinks about them. I'm going to let the love of God change my heart so that I live a heart of generosity. I live generous. All of my stuff. Because the more I'm generous, the more it comes back to me. But if you do it for that motive, you got a stingy heart. Oops. I'm serious. If you, if I know you are. <laughs> 
if you, if you begin developing a generous heart so that you're going to get the flood of return back to you, you still have a stingy heart. You develop a generous heart because that's just like God. Amen. Our Heavenly Father is generous. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God's generous. See, God says, listen, if you will, if you will just obey me, I want to bless. I've got all these blessings stored up for you. We're so blessed that you join us online today. For more resources on how you can grow your relationship with Jesus Christ, visit us online at www.winacity.com. If you would like to speak with someone about your relationship with Jesus Christ or would like prayer, you can contact us at 541-567-4486 or email us at info at winacity.com.